name is Molly, and I'm with Recycling Today magazine. Welcome to the Fresh Perspective podcast. I'm here today with Jake Wolfenden, who is a MRF manager for Veolia in the UK. Jake has been with Veolia since 2016. He started at the company as a graduate trainee, and in just four years, he's moved from graduate to manager at the Southwark MRF, which is an advanced recycling facility. Thanks for coming on the show today, Jake. Thanks for having me, Megan. It's, it's great to be here. So to start things off, how were you first introduced to the recycling industry? Did you always want to get a career in MRF management? Absolutely not. And to be honest, I didn't even know the job that I'm doing now existed four years ago. I, I, I grew up in England and I went to university in Cape Town in South Africa, where I studied atmospheric science and, and we did loads about climate change and I had a, had a really great time. And, but before I went out there, I kind of gave my mum two promises. Which my mum made me promise two things. And the first was that I wouldn't, I would come back after university. And the second was that I wouldn't get a South African girlfriend that might risk me staying out there after, after I came back. But anyway, I, I kept the first promise and, and not the second. And I came back and I wanted to do a job that was relevant to my degree. Um, and that kind of lent naturally to renewable energy and, and recycling. But I also wanted to do something that was challenging. I looked at a number of things and eventually came across the, the Veolia graduate program and, and got accepted. And yeah, that's how I got involved in the industry. How did you hear about the Veolia graduate program? I heard about the Veolia graduate program um, through a, a teacher at my school, actually. So what was the graduate training program like? Nothing like I expected. Um, I, I look at my, my, my short time at Veolia here very much in two parts and, and the graduate program was is very much the first part of that. The graduate program was really, really cool and, and what happened is we were rotated as graduates around different parts of the business over a two year period and we would go to maybe a big site or a big contract and we'd be put there supporting like quite a senior manager at, at a macro level and it was it was fantastic exposure to different parts of the earlier business. So what have your first few years working in the recycling industry been like so far and what are things that you like most about working in the MRF space? Yeah, I mean, as I said, the, the grad program was, was such a great introduction into the, the work that Veolia does. And I remember towards the end of, of my, my program, I had a sit down with my, my manager at the time. And she said, kind of now that you're finished, what do you want to do? And I was humming and ahhing a lot. And she said, look, there's a position running our MRF, uh, running a shift in our MRF that might be a good fit. Go and wait and have a think about it. So I went away and thought about it and, and decided to give it a shot. And the first thing that struck me about MRFs is, is the pace. Things move quickly and, and it's constant. Coming from, from sedate, like not, not sedate, but, but like a learning exposure role with, without much pressure to, to write, here's this shift, go and run it. It, it was a shock to the system. And, and I love getting involved in, in the machinery and understanding how it works and all the complexities and intricacies of the process. And I mean, MRFs operate highly linearly. And it, so if you imagine like a, like a domino effect, everything you change along, along the chain will, will have an impact on something further down. And, and this makes it super challenging to, to when you make tweaks to get things right. But, but when you do, it, it, it's pretty epic. In the MRF, my learning curve was, was massive and I struggled to remember other times in my life where, where my learning curve was, was that steep and I, I absolutely loved it. And I reckon I can count on my hands the days since I started in the MRF where I've had nothing to do. And I ended up doing that role for eight months and it was, it was brilliant. 
Got it. So now that you've been at Beulia for a few years, what's your day-to-day -day job like as MRF manager? At its core, my job is, is quite straightforward, really. And, and that's to essentially ensure we, we process the material that, that comes to the plant and uh, we keep our, our stock moving. That is the products that we produce. We don't get a buildup of stock and we, we keep material moving quickly. And that product that we produce is, is within the quality spec that is expected from our clients and customers. And ultimately, that we, we do all that in a safe way. And that's the core of it, really. And, and it, it's simple, I guess, when, when everything goes to plan. But of course, behind it, there, there are all, lots of complex things going on in the background. And there can be a lot going on sometimes. But that variety in the job is, is a wonderful challenge. I guess my role is probably primarily desk bound. But I can often be on my feet the whole day, dealing with issues on the floor or, or having team meetings about trying to improve a a process in our in our product in our production process such as improving some quality on on the aluminium line and and speaking with suppliers of, of forklifts and with dealing with our maintenance team and also dealing with uh, the press and, and local schools and communities quite a lot we have a lot of um, interaction with with news channels coming to the plant and i'm sure it's the same in, in other MRF operations people are very interested to, to know how it works and we have a lot of educational tools so i guess it's important that that those are managed managed correctly and done in a safe way. So yeah, it, it's different all the time. Awesome. And when you're not working in the MRF, what are some things you do for fun outside of the industry? A lot of a lot of sleeping. Um, the the MRF can be it can be quite long hours sometimes, and you can be on your feet all day, or often you get calls late at night, sometimes in the middle of the night. So when I'm not at work, I try to prioritize sleep. Um, also read a lot, I'm really into, into history at the moment. Um, I love reading about um, histories like great leaders. I've just finished a, a fantastic book on, on Teddy Roosevelt, which I loved. He, he is so epic. Um, but I love understanding what makes these people, people tick and, and why they were so good at what they do. And also really love Steven Pinker. I love his work. Um, and then running, I try to keep fit through running. I, I, when I studied in Cape Town, I got really into running. I try to do that as much as my time allows. I'm um, actually in lockdown. My my girlfriend has been trying to get me into home workouts. Uh, I did ten minutes with her a couple of weeks ago, and I, I wasn't able to walk for a week after that. So I think I think I'll be sticking to the running for now. Awesome. Now a lot of our readers in the U.S. would probably like to know what the Murph setup is like in the U.K. Is it different? And you know what kind of equipment is popular there? And are there any trends? that you have noticed in MRF management in the UK? Yeah, for sure. I think they think there are, there are quite a few differences. And um, I think definitely scale is one of them. When you compare the UK MRFs with, with their counterparts in the US, the, the MRFs in the US tend to be bigger in scale. In, in the UK, we, our MRFs tend to be between 20,000 and 100,000 tons per annum. And we, get, we have the odd 300,000 ton per annum, but as a rule, the MRFs here are smaller than they are in the US. And the reason for that is in the UK, we'd have lots of urban areas and, and space is a constant challenge here. And with our, with our plant, our MRF is, is a mile from the city center of London. And so space is a massive challenge for us. And it, it makes modifications tough. And obviously we are in a, a quite a residential area. So we have to be aware of the local community and, and that brings its own set of challenges. But I think in, in terms of process, I think uh, primary sorting um, is also done a little bit differently in the UK. Trommels are really, really common here. In the US, I, I think that disc screens tend to be a little bit more common. 
And the, re the reason for that is that in the UK, we have a lot of plastic bags, like plastic films in our input. And, and those who, who work in MRF operations who work with disc screens know all the problems that plastic films like textiles can, can cause on machinery and it causes lots of wrapping and challenges with cleaning. So because of all those plastic films we get in our, our input in the UK, we tend to use trommels. On the trends, I think the importance of, of quality is the big one. Expectations from, from the media and, and the public, like with the, this whole David Attenborough effect, I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen the same in, in the States, the public and, and the media are really, really talking about quality and, and the type of recyclers that the plants are, are producing. And so there's a lot of pressure to produce top quality material from, from not only the public and, and the media, but also end users now. We're, we're really starting to see that end users are demanding better, better quality. So this is, is something that, that is really, really happening in the moment. And fortunately for Veolia, we're well ahead of the curve on this. We've put in huge amounts of investment and we're producing top grade quality material. Um, but this, this quality issue is not going to go away and MRFs need to prioritize quality if, if they're not already doing so. Got it. And that ties really well to my next question here, which is about the issue of contamination and quality. That is a huge challenge for MRF operators in the US. So in the UK, how big of an issue has contamination been in recycling streams? Yeah, 100%. It's a constant challenge here in the UK, as I'm sure it is in the US. The trend is, is that MRFs are, are tending to get bigger as operations get more streamlined and, and people search for benefits with economies of scale. This is going to also compound contamination because MRFs are going to have to look to a wider source of material to get to meet their input requirements. For example, here in, in Southwark, we have our materials received from 10 different local authorities and also through our commercial collections, thousands of local businesses. And contamination certainly it poses a challenge. For us, I think food food's probably the big one. Food is really difficult to take out mechanically. So the key with food is that you have to stop it getting to the MRF in the first place. And this means you're incredibly reliant on consumers not putting the food in their recycling. And, and the best way to do that is through education and, and communication. Here at Southwark, we have a whole team dedicated to this and, and they work with local communities and, and they do an incredible job with education programs. And as I mentioned earlier, we have people coming to see the facility. And, but yeah, as I said, the best way is, is to communicate clearly. And also quite a, quite a good technique, a, a little tip is that with on the contamination is it's good to communicate only what you want to receive at the MRF rather than, than what you don't want. As, as nine times out of 10, what you want at the facility is always a, a much smaller list than what you don't want. So it's easier to remember, which is the most important thing. Got it. Now, I know another challenge that a lot of MRFs and industries in general are facing this spring and summer is the pandemic that happened earlier this year or the outbreak that started. So how has Veolia responded so far? How has it affected you guys? It's been a really worrying time for everyone. And in the UK, as, as the world over, some businesses have stopped and with, with lots of people staying at home and because of the lockdowns. But for us, it, it's, it's really been business as usual. And across the country, we have, we have a lot of key services and, and we, we have a responsibility to deliver on those. And so we've kept going. Throughout all of this, the biggest concern for us, of course, is the safety of our staff. And so at our particular facility, but I know they've done this at MERS up and down the country, is that we've 
we put in measures such as um, lots of sanitizer stations, that's hand sanitizer. We've made more space in the canteen and, and changing rooms, and we've also often adjusted shifts so that people aren't um, intermingling too much. And, and we put up perspex screens and cubicles where people have to work in close proximity. So the main thing has been really just to ensure the safety of our staff and, and ensure that the staff feel, are feeling safe when they come in to work. But I mean, on, on the other hand of all that, we, we have seen the most amazing support from the, from the public up and down the UK. It really has been um, remarkable. We had a Twitter campaign called it was hashtag Street Smiles and where people were, were drawing smiley suns for, for waste workers up and down the UK. And we've had loads of cases of random thank yous and, and people drawing uh, pictures or writing notes and leaving them for, for our frontline workers. So yeah, that support's been overwhelming. But yeah, as I said, there's two sides of this and it's been really great to get feedback and I know the work we've been doing is, is being supported. That's great to hear. So aside from the pandemic, what are other challenges that MRF operations face in the UK and what are ways that you're overcoming those challenges? Contamination is, is a challenge, as, as we said, it, it always has been and, and it's something we face daily here. And with contamination, you need to communicate. You need to communicate to residents so that they're putting the right things in, the, in their recycling bins. But you also need to, to communicate with the collection services, the people who are actually bringing and bulking the material here. And with them, you need rigid feedback systems. And that, that's really important. At Southwark, it's something we work really hard at. We have a, an entire team dedicated to reporting input composition back to, to the collection services that bring the material here. So they know exactly what they're bringing. And we have regular meetings with them so that they always know where they stand in terms of what the composition of their material is compared to what is expected. Uh, and also we have we have a system in place to incentivize some materials being brought. Um, so yeah, contamination is a challenge, but I think the quality is is the real challenge in the industry at the moment. Uh, as we all know, standards are getting tougher and it's never been more important to produce high quality. And, and with quality, there, there are a number of things you can do. Certainly having less contamination in the MRF, that helps. But also you, you can look at improvements in your production process so you can you can do new upgrades or you can have different equipment. Uh, for example, here at Southwark, we, we recently had a project to clean up our plastic bottles a little bit and we had a big problem with getting too many plastic bags in our plastic bottles. So we installed a, a fan and, and, and two sets of air hoods to take the, the film off the, the bottles because film is a lot lighter and it, it's worked great. So definitely you can look to equipment and, and process optimization to enhance the quality of the product you're producing as well. Got it. And in addition, are there any new types of equipment you see in the MRF environment that you think are going to change operations dramatically or perhaps they even help with the issue of contamination? There's, there's so much. It's, it's so exciting. The obvious thing is robots and, and artificial intelligence and AI and seeing that coming into the MRF space. Robots are, are on the horizon, if not already here, with, with many in use in the UK already. And as prices will come down, we're going to see this more and more, which is great. With, with artificial intelligence, with AI, yeah, to, to pick up on your point on contamination, I'm really excited about the tech surrounding quality. And what I mean by that is, is being able to work out what is in a section of mixed recycling instantaneously. So how much paper or how much cardboard is in that part of recycling over there? And at the moment, we test our material quality when it comes to the plant with a physical sampling regime 
and we, we have an average um, on a monthly and weekly basis. But it, it's a very time consuming process and, and the feedback is not instant. So it's, it's quite hard to, to react in time often. But the tech is it's really nearly there to, to automate it. And, and this is going to be so powerful. And we've had trials of this in our plant and other, other plants in the earlier. The one application I'm really excited about is when you can tell exactly what is coming into your plant in real time, you can adjust your equipment in response to that. And, and this is something that artificial intelligence could automate. Like when you, to give an example, when you eat, you, you don't chew the same way if you're eating soup or, or you, you sip and if you're having toffee, you chew quite tough and, and you adjust. But with a, a Murph, it, it's not like that. You're chewing the same way regardless of what you're eating. And that just, just doesn't make any sense. So I'm super excited about, I don't know, these intelligent Murphs, if you like, whereby your process automatically changes in response to the composition of what's coming into your plant, like your disc screens lift or your optics change their settings. And so I'm super excited about that. In addition to that, I was curious, what are your goals for your career in the recycling industry looking ahead the next couple of years? I'm keeping an open mind. I've moved up quite quickly in, in the last couple of years and I'm absolutely loving where I am right now. I'm surrounded by the most fantastic team and it's full of energy and we're all moving in, in the same direction at the moment and it's it's great. The obvious thing down the line for me is, is probably to be doing what I'm doing now, but on a bigger scale, maybe look after an entire region or an entire division. Or I'd also like to work in maybe another part of Veolia. We have so many businesses across different sectors, such as water purification, water treatment, energy, renewable energy and It'd be amazing to be exposed to another side of Veolia, maybe away from the recycling. But I think ultimately, for me, what I want to do is I want to develop my skill set and experience and, and take it somewhere where, where this industry is not as established, the infrastructure isn't there, and, and someone where my experience would be really, really needed and I can make a massive impact from, from the ground up. Maybe go back to South Africa where I studied, but my mom's not listening, um, or, or, or something similar. Great. And as a final question, I know hiring is a challenge for a lot of MRFs in the U.S., both on the sort line and even just getting people into the industry or interested in recycling. So what is that like for you at Veolia and in the U.K.? And would you share any hiring tips that you have from your experience? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Obviously, this, the waste and recycling industry comes, comes with stereotypes. And we, we certainly have challenges here in some areas. Where things have been challenging, we really leverage Veolia's graduate and apprentice scheme process, and, and we're really lucky that we can do that. But I think the key is where you're struggling in areas, it's really important to focus on, on recruiting young and, and local people and, and getting them involved early in their careers and investing heavily in them in terms of their training and their development. And, and that's something that we do a lot here. But I, I would say more generally, I, I would not say hiring is a massive concern for us. We, we are privileged that it's, it's something that we haven't really necessarily struggled with in the past. You mentioned line personnel and, and we don't struggle with that per se. And I guess maybe that's the benefit of, of Viola being such a big company. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today, Jake. That's great, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.